You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation, and welcome to Locked On Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter, your host, covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it. Lead analyst over at allsaintsconsidered.com. Welcome, as always, to all of our first-time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump. Huda family, welcome into Thursday's episode of Locked On Saints. Got my gear back, finally, so everything should be back to sounding like normal here. Uh, Thanks very much for your patience with all of that, and on today's episode, episode. We're going to take a look at yesterday's practice participation report as well as some updates that we've already gotten on Thursday today and what it means for both teams. Then we'll break down our usual Thursday personnel grouping analysis and then wrap up with some bold predictions for Sunday's game. Can Alvin Kamara finally pull something off that he's yet to do so far this season? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. The Saints dropped their first practice participation report yesterday following Wednesday's practice. So not a ton of surprises here. A couple of extra names than probably what we expected, but certainly no surprise seeing Andrus Pete as did not practice. Of course, he's out for six weeks, so about five more weeks at this point with the broken forearm. Marshawn Lattimore did not practice. Not really a big surprise there. Deontay Harris still dealing with his hamstring injury, much like Marshawn Lattimore did not practice. That's a little disappointing to see. We're kind of hoping that maybe his stay, his stint being out would be pretty short and that the Saints would get him back, but the Saints still got a little bit of a spark from the special teams unit, especially the return game with Alvin Kamara and the punt return game, and we know what Taysom Hill can do as a kick returner, so they'll find their roles there and they'll still be able to produce, even with Deontay Harris there, but definitely you want to see Deontay Harris back as soon as possible, but I don't blame them for playing it pretty safe here. These hamstring injuries, y'all have heard me talk about it all the time, about how it's not a matter of if, but when they get re-injured, so I'm glad to see the Saints taking their time with two key players dealing with those types types of injuries here. Keep them as do not practice. Potentially won't see them this week. Maybe not even the following week. The San Francisco game seems to be like the big game to where hopefully they'll get some of these guys back, but we'll see exactly what happens there. And then a new DNP for the report here. Zach Line with a knee injury did not participate in Wednesday's practice. We should be getting updates for Thursday's practice later on today, so we'll keep you up to date with that. Tight end Josh Hill, as well as guard Larry Warford, wide receiver Austin Carr, and tackle Ryan Ramchick, all listed as limited. Josh Hill, of course, limited with that concussion that he suffered against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. It was noted as a mild concussion, so he's probably just going to go through protocol and should be back on the field uh, this weekend if it's as mild as everyone seems to believe that it is. Larry Wolford's dealing with a thigh injury, Austin Carr with an ankle, which is interesting because he hasn't seen the field, so interesting to see where exactly he hurt his ankle there, and then Ryan Ramchick with the uh, a knee injury, but again, they're limited and it's early in the week, so we'll see exactly how they progress as they move forward throughout the week. The big key thing here for the Saints is no Marcus Davenport listed on the injury report. He had a brace on his left arm in the middle of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, but If there was an actual injury here, if there was something to be concerned about, then the Saints would be required to report it in this week's injury report. Seems like there's not a big concern here, so he should be okay moving forward. Now, for 
uh, the Panthers, we actually already have a little bit of Thursday's injury report. So I'll jump back to Wednesday really quickly. Just two big names that did not practice on Wednesday. Ross Cockrell, the cornerback opposite Dante Jackson. Dante Jackson did practice. And Gerald McCoy. Now, Gerald McCoy not practicing on Wednesday was assumed to be rest, but it looks like he's listed with a knee injury and was limited in today's practice, as was tackle Dennis Daly, safety Eric Reed, and linebacker Shaq Thompson. So those are some pretty big hits along the defensive side there. Gerald McCoy, Eric Reed and Shaq Thompson, all key players within all three levels of the Packers defense. So that's something to keep an eye on throughout the week. Full participation, Greg Little was bumped up to full participation and Brian Burns was back on Thursday with the team dealing with a wrist injury. So that's big news for the Panthers to get a key pass rusher back in Brian Burns. But it'll be interesting to continue to follow what's going on with Gerald McCoy, Eric Reed, and Shaq Thompson for the rest of the defense because that's those are people that were limited going into Thursday's practice. So we should be getting some updates for the Saints coming into later on today. But the big names that you're going to be looking for there are, going to, are, are essentially seeing what's going on with Ryan Ramchick, what's going on with Larry Warford, and to see if Marcus Davenport pops up or off the injury report. He wasn't there again, like I mentioned, on Wednesday. But it'll be interesting to see exactly how he tracks through with whatever's going on with that left arm throughout the week. And perhaps it's nothing. Perhaps it was entirely precautionary. And if that's the case, then you won't see him pop up on the injury report. And that is solid good news for the Saints going into Sunday. So no big surprise really in terms of what the Saints would do in any case without any of these players. I mean, we've already seen what they're going to do without Andrus Pete. That'll be the same thing for next week. Nick Easton will start at left guard. PJ Williams will start on the outside with Marshawn Lattimore. He'll probably be matched up with, eh, that's a little tough. Eli Apple and PJ Williams matching up with DJ Moore and or Curtis Samuel is a little bit of a toss up for me, but I think you'll see PJ Williams on DJ Moore and then Eli Apple over on Curtis Samuel. Samuel. And then, of course, if Deontay Harris misses this game again, which I think you can pretty much expect at this point, then you'll see Alvin Kamara returning punts and Taysom Hill returning kicks. I'm always admittedly a little bit shaky on the idea of Alvin Kamara returning punts, but honestly, the Saints are going to do whatever it takes to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. He was impressive last week with 122 yards from scrimmage, plus the 27-yard kick return. So they're going to make sure that they feed him the ball again this week against the Carolina Panthers. So there's a good chance here that we're going to end up getting an update on the practice participation report for today's practice while I'm recording. If that's the case, I'll throw in a couple of updates, but we'll talk more in depth about it tomorrow. Coming up next, we're going to be looking at the personnel grouping analysis for Sunday. And let me tell you, we were absolutely right in what it was that we expected to see up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's take a look at that, see what it tells us about the Carolina Panthers. But before we get to it, I want to tell you about something that's exciting here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, After collaborating with Google over the last year, we're excited to see your news update launch on the Google Assistant today. Now, you can listen to a mix of stories that are assembled in the moment based on your interests, your location, and top headlines. Try it today on the Google Assistant app or with your Google Home device by selecting your profile, then tapping News, News Playlist Format, Your News Update, and of course, make sure that you add Locked On in your available news sources to add Locked On to your news update every day. Attention past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering you a risk-free bet on the Bears and Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats, 
You've got extra holiday spending money. And if you lose, congratulations to you as well, because my bookie will give you your money back. It's a no brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first time customer, because my bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. You ever find yourself wanting to sports bet, but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is that if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that is a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part and support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, y'all, time now for my favorite. I I think this is easily one of my favorite segments that I get to do every week is take a look at the personnel grouping analysis from the week before, apply it to the week ahead, see what we can learn and what we can predict ahead of this game against the Carolina Panthers. Before I jump into that, I mentioned that we might get an update while I was recording on injury reports, and that's exactly what happened. The Thursday injury report for the Saints, exactly the same, with the exception of both Larry Warford and Ryan Ramchick being elevated to full participation. So that's good news for the offensive line. That offensive line looks like it's going to be ready and intact on Sunday day's game with Nick Easton in at left guard for Andrews Pete, but still no Deontay Harris, no Marshawn Lattimore, and no Zach Lyon at practice. We'll talk a little bit more about what that means uh, tomorrow when we get to dig a little bit deeper, but let's jump into personnel grouping analysis here. We're looking at the personnel groupings from the Sunday game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We should start off by saying that the run pass split was much, much more tolerable in this game. 56% pass, 44% run. They found a success rate of greater than 55% on both, 56% in the past, and then 68% successful run percentage as well. So this is really, really good to see them do this. And they basically did exactly what we imagined. Remember last week, we saw them go over 70% in 11 personnel, and then the next one was 14%. And after that, it was nine. The split this week was a lot more diverse, which is kind of what we predicted. 53% of their snaps came out of 11 personnel. 23% came out of 21 personnel. That's two running backs and one tight end. And then 13% came out of 12, one running back and two tight ends. So this was a lot more diverse, a lot more sort of evenly split in terms of how they utilize this. Still very heavy towards 11 personnel where they actually excelled, by the way, out of 11 personnel in this game. The Saints were 68% pass, 32% run with an 82% successful run percentage on 11 attempts at 4.9 yards per carry. They were excellent in terms of spreading the defense out and then still finding a way to churn and run the ball on the ground against the number one rushing defense in the NFL at the time, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this was a great showing for them. And then on top of that, from 11 personnel, they were 15 of 22 with 118 pass rating and all three of their passing touchdowns came from there as well. So they were absolutely hot out of 11 personnel. The other position group that they stayed in the most was 21 personnel. That was a 23%. They majority ran out of their successful run percentage of 56% according to Sharp Football Stats. So not as successful as what they had out of 11, but 
but it was good to see them mix in some other personnel groupings a little bit more balanced than what we saw last week to where they were 70 something percent in terms of 11 personnel and then barely diversified their offense at all in terms of what looks they were giving the defense this was really helpful here and it helped them uh, be able to take advantage of what little Tampa Bay had to offer to sort of put this in context when you look over at Tampa Bay 77 percent of their offense came out of 11 personnel the next highest percentage was 12 personnel at only 10 percent then you go seven percent and then two percent are the rest across the board Uh, they only ran 13 percent of the time they passed 87 percent of the time that's a little bit more akin to what we saw for the Saints against the Falcons the week before that's what the Saints ended up doing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this is what I talked about a lot last week is that what the Falcons did to the Saints last week is what the Saints are always trying to do to their opponents eliminate the run game again the the how many times did they run? I think they only ran like eight times in this game, Tampa Bay. Like that's what they do. The Saints eliminate the run game and then force you to beat them with their quarterback, which is where you're going to make the most mistakes, especially when you have a quarterback like Jameis Winston under center. Now you want to talk about an offense that's not at all diversified and has the ability to make some mistakes. Look no further than the Saints upcoming opponent in the Carolina Panthers. They played a whopping four Four, one, two, three, four different personnel groupings. That is it. They sat in 11 personnel 80% of the time, 56 of their snaps. They were in 21 personnel 11% of the time, 12 personnel 6%, and then 22 three percent of the time that's it they ran the four most absolute basic personnel groupings for their entire game and hardly diversified among them they basically lived in 11 personnel this is exactly what it is that the saints are going to want to see and this is what the saints have been doing to teams all week they're forcing you to look one-dimensional and it might be even easier for the saints this week as the carolina panthers tend to do it to themselves i mean 80 percent out of a single personnel grouping and then only running three additional that's just horrid. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some teams out there like Houston, for instance, Houston only ran two different personnel groupings. They were in 11 and they were in 12. And we saw that that didn't work out very well for them against the uh, Baltimore Ravens last week, did it? So if that's the type of game plan that the Carolina Panthers are going to try to bring to the Superdome, the Saints are going to welcome that and the Saints are going to take advantage of that. When you look at their run pass split, still very one dimensional, 79% pass, 21% run. You've got Christian McCaffrey in your backfield and you're running 15 times get out of here. That's Please, please come to the New Orleans and run 15 times with Christian McCaffrey in your backfield. We dare you. We would absolutely love to see that happen for this Saints team because it's just going to make this game, this game easy, very easy if you decide to do that. Now, I'm not going to say that this game is going to be easy. I don't know if Carolina is going to bring this trash into New Orleans, but if they do, it's not going to go well for them at all. So we'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see exactly what it is that the Carolina Panthers are going to bring in here. I remember they threw four interceptions last week. All four of those interceptions came from that 11 personnel grouping that they lived in and ran only 18% out of, right? So they passed 82% from 11 personnel. That's 40 one times on 46 dropbacks. That's a ton. So look, the Saints absolutely got back to their style of play last week, everything that we expected, both on offense and defense. They diversified their offense, they kept a nice balance, and they forced their opponent on defense to do the exact opposite with their offense. They're going to be looking to do that same thing to Carolina, but it looks like Carolina may be poised to come in and absolutely just go ahead and do it for them right away. So always fun getting a look at these personnel groupings to see if we can get an accurate depiction from one week to the next. Certainly worked last week into 
into this week. Let's see what happens going into next week and see if we can get some accurate predictions about what might happen. And speaking of predictions, I got five bold predictions coming up for you here. But first, let me tell you about DoorDash, one of our sponsors. Treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurant come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off of your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go and you can't visit DoorDash right now, no sweat. You can find this as well as all of our other offers from our Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, Huda Nation, wrapping up today's show with a look at some of my bold predictions. I got five of them for you going into this weekend's game. Uh, let's start off with Alvin Kamara. I mentioned that there would be something that I'm going to predict here that a Saints player hasn't done yet so far this season. And I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. I'm going to take a second to get to it, but you're going to hear me here. Alvin Kamara's first touchdown since week three will come in this game. Yes, his first touchdown since week three. I did say that correctly. In fact, he's only got one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown so far on this season, both of which came in that Seattle game week three uh, at CenturyLink. So since then, including, of course, the two games that he's missed, he hasn't found the end zone at all. I think he does it this week. And not only does he do it, he does it three times in this game. That'll be the first time since week eight of last season that he does that. Kamara actually got three scores in three different games before week nine of the 2018 season, but then hasn't done it since. But if he looks the way that he looked last week at Tampa Bay this week against Carolina, three scores for the former offensive rookie of the year. Sticking with the offense here, Michael Thomas goes for 150 yards and at least one score, surpassing 100 catches on the season. Now that's only six catches away, so maybe it's not a bold, bold prediction considering his resume so far this season, but this is the perfect game for him. Young corner, beat up safeties, a very weak passing defense in Carolina as a whole. They're coming to New Orleans and having to play against the Saints. Can't guard Mike should live up to his name on Sunday and jump on top of the Pro Bowl voting at his position, being the first Saint to do so this season. There are absolutely no Saints right now in Pro Bowl voting that are at the top of their position. You can help fix that by voting for the Pro Bowl, of course, as well. So I'll pitch that. Cam Jordan's asking you to do it. I'm asking you to do it. You have no reason not to do it. Speaking of Cam Jordan, Cam Jordan gets two sacks in this game. In an article by The Athletic, Larry Holder sat down with Cam. Very funny article, by the way. Do an interview to see if he could name all the quarterbacks that he sacked so far in his career. He couldn't do it, but he's currently one and a half sacks behind Wayne Martin for the number two spot on the Saints franchise all-time sacks list. One and a half sacks back, so he gets two sacks in this game against Kyle Allen, who he's not yet sacked before, and that puts him behind only Ricky Jackson, who has 115 career sacks for the Saints, locks him up for the number two spot all-time in Saints history. Dylan Sanders and I are huge LSU fans. You know Dylan Sanders, of course. He's been here on the podcast before. He's an ASC contributor, but he's also over at Whole Nine Sports doing some scouting over there, doing great scouting over there. Uh, and he's also on the Whole Nine Sports podcast. But he and I are huge LSU fans. Y'all probably already know this. But one of the things that we were tracking all season was when Derek Stingley Jr. would get his first interception. Derek Stingley Jr., the true freshman cornerback sensation, one of the better cornerbacks in the nation already, of course, for the LSU Tigers. And one of the things that we wondered was that when he got that first interception, big game against Auburn is when he did it, whether or not we would see the floodgates open. And open they did because he went on to pick off the opposing quarterback in four straight games. So I'm going to predict something similar to that for Saints safety Von Bell. I'm not going to say four straight games, but I'm going to go game by game here and I'm going to see if he gets his second career interception in the game following his first. Of course, he got his first career interception last Sunday against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I say he does it again here against Kyle Allen and the Carolina Panthers. Bell's been such a stud so far this season and here's a chance 
chance for him to get an opportunity to put up some stats to help the casual NFL fan see exactly that. And finally, Teddy Bridgewater throws a touchdown in this game. No, I'm not converting to the idea that Teddy Bridgewater should be starting over Drew Brees. That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. But I do think that this game gets so out of hand late that Teddy Bridgewater comes in in relief of Drew Brees. Drew Brees gets some rest. Teddy Bridgewater closes the game out and throws a touchdown pass against the Panthers. Maybe he's not trying to. Maybe they're not trying to run up the score, although I can see Sean being petty at this point in the season. I'd be perfectly okay with that. But I don't think he's trying to run up the score. I think maybe they're just trying to pick up a quick first down so they can bleed the clock out. And then one of the receivers ends up housing it in in honor of Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater gets that stat. So I think Teddy Bridgewater throws a touchdown in this game, which is kind of crazy. I think Von Bell gets the second interception in a row, second in, in a game in a row, and as well as the second interception of his career. Cam Jordan gets two sacks, moves up to second on the Saints all-time sacks list. Michael Thomas over 150 yards, at least one touchdown, and goes over 100 catches on the season in just his 11th game of the year, which is absolutely insane. And then Alvin Kamara not only gets his first touchdown since week three, but he get, finds the end zone three times for the first time since week eight of last season. Those are my bold predictions. They're all nuts. I know. None of, ain't none of them going to happen. I did some mild ones a couple weeks ago, and then I got the one, I, I think I was right on one of them, to where Deontay Harris returned a big uh, return. But outside of that, I got nothing right. That was the first time that I predicted that Von Bell would get his first interception. It ain't work out. So going a little bit bigger this time. Figure if at least if I get one of these right, it's good for the Saints. So that'll do it for today's episode, John. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We're going to continue to update you on all of the injury news and then give you all the information that you need to. We'll look at some key stats and comparisons between these two teams to get you ready for Sunday's game at home in the Dome against the Carolina Panthers. And for right now, I'll say, as I always do, thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show and if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe drop that five star rating and review i thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust to that nation i'll holla at you